Awkward Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. And we've got an exciting show for you guys uh, here today. We are joined today by a couple of guys here that are going to help us break down uh, some Bulls draft targets. We've got Brad Liebfried from Draft Street, Number Fire, and Rotoballer. And we've got Jalen Dixon here as well from Razzball. Uh First, Brad, how are you doing, man? Good. How about you guys? Good, man. Good. So tell us a little bit about your background uh, covering the sport of basketball and, you know, this draft class, uh, anything you might have a, a connection with the Bulls. I know you're saying you're a Timberwolves fan, so you obviously know Zach Levine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, so I uh, kind of got in, been into sports my whole life and uh, really into basketball and uh, really into fantasy basketball. So really got into that and obviously the DFS stuff, um, you know, not only the NBA, but now they have college as well. So really got into that. Enjoy college sports, enjoy basketball, NBA, and uh, yeah, as far as uh, being a Timberwolves fan, well, it's a little rough, but you guys yeah. are a little bit more set up as Bulls fans, so pretty excited <laughs> to talk about some Bulls and uh, what their future is. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for joining us, and uh, Jalen, man, give us a little bit of your background as well. Uh, I believe you're a Bulls fan, is that correct? Yeah, so that's that's why I was so I was so psyched when you guys uh, reached out in terms of looking for somebody. I was like, oh, Bulls conversation. Yeah. Upcoming draft stuff, and you're giving me about two to three hours. Okay, sounds like sounds like about <laughs> my about my deal. So yeah, that definitely um, clicked for sure. In terms of basketball in general and the NBA, I've been kind of writing about it for the last couple of years now. If it hasn't been for Rasball Fantasy uh, Basketball in terms of their site doing game coverage, it's been for the Baltimore Sports and Life out here in Maryland doing um, NBA-related articles. Some stuff on bigger stories in terms of regular NBA landscape, but a lot of the stuff that I like to focus on is like individual teams or this draft stuff. This is actually one of my more... Uh, prioritize portions of the hmm. season in terms of like where I have most of my energy. This is where I have a lot more fun because it's more yeah. so focusing on the next generation of guys um, that are looking to establish themselves. We know the names on an every given basis of the guys who are here to stay, right? We got a couple of those guys playing tonight in um, game seven of uh, the Eastern conference, but right. there's a lot of these guys in this upcoming draft that I think are going to be really interesting coming up. And this draft class is really interesting because there's three guys at the top and a lot of unknowns at the bottom. So this has been yeah. a fun year for this in particular. Yeah, I'm excited to talk, talk about this, man, because I know Trey sent me some list of some guys he's looking at. I sent him a list of guys I'm looking at. We're obviously, we've got the 18th pick in this upcoming draft here. Um, there's a lot of variance, man. Like some of these guys that are you know, potential end of the lottery guys might slip down. I mean, you, you mentioned we both had six. There was one overlap. There's so, one overlap, yeah. Yeah, there so, was one. So I, I'm excited, man. It could really be anybody there. So I'm, I'm open to talking about pretty much anyone that's outside of those top three that Jalen mentions there, because I, I mean, those guys just aren't going to be there unless we trade up for them, uh, which we might get to in this program as well. But guys, uh, real quick, before we do get started, listeners, I want to please take a moment to ask you to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Win your leagues. Go do it. Um, so anyways, no, Jalen, I'm going to start with you, man, because, uh, you know, I, I like to give the guests the first talk, the first, first chance to speak here. And, uh, you know, obviously I said we have some targets, Trey and I do. So I'm curious to see if we have any of the same guys that we do. Mm -hmm. But um, give me, you know, just maybe your, your top two guys here that you're looking at for the Bulls to get here, you know, kind of late here, 18th in the, in the draft coming up. Yeah, man. So the biggest thing that I look at when you talk about 
this draft class being so devoid of the wing position and that being our our most glaring hole. Like I think wing and inside, like depth inside in general, right? We need more size is like what I'm trying to say in general, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the three, the four, or the five. We need size, whether these yeah. guys are switchable or not. We'll get there when we get there, right? We did that with Pat Will, for example. The first year, we kind of experimented with him in the three and four, and we saw some good strides, but we saw some things, especially on the defensive end, that we need to see work towards, right? And I Mm -hmm. think in this draft class for us, because we have to go at this with the perspective that we're drafting around Zach. Unfortunately, that is something that free agency comes after. So we have we're making these mm-hmm. decisions a little preemptively, right? But I think the main thing is we have to make these decisions as if we're drafting for Zach. So I guess the two guys that come to mind, one I love, one I'm not as big on. The one that I like is Kendall Brown from Baylor. Mm-hmm. He's one that I'm a big fan of that I think with his athleticism can translate really well, especially if we can play him three and four. Um what where in the rotation he falls will be kind of important uh, impacted by his ability to come out and show out on the defensive end early because we know we don't need help offensively i think we've got more than enough in terms of ball handlers and guys who can create offense for themselves to go along but i think we showed really big strides defensively this year but our lack of size it really hurt us in the rebounding department we were bottom five in rebounding this year it really hurt us in particular matchups for example Milwaukee, who was huge mm-hmm. compared to us, right? We looked tiny compared to them in certain lineups. Mm-hmm. So Kendall Brown helps in that that direction. And then the other one, the guy I don't love, but I think makes sense because Vooch is not a defensive center, is maybe Walker Kessler. I think it's a mm-hmm. reach at 18, maybe, but I think with what we need and us being so low at 18, I think all the centers that you'd like – by that point, right, the Mark Williams of the world and guys of that nature, obviously the top three guys fall into the power forward center direction. But Jalen Duran, Mark Williams, those guys are going to be gone. So the next best guy that can maybe help us in inside, would, especially defensively, would mm-hmm. maybe be Walker Kessler. That would probably be my second guy. Don't love it, but, you know. <laughs> no, you know what? That's awesome, man. And actually, I, I, I'm all, I was all over Walker Kessler. That's one of the guys I have on my list. I also have Kendall Brown on my list, too. So you took two of my guys, and that's okay, man. Yeah, but but just piggybacking off what you said, Jalen, man. You know, Kendall Brown, athletic guy, forward, you know, can play the small four, power four positions, two-way player. Like you said, size is a huge thing for us. Um, he does have some size to him, and like you said, he does have that ability, uh, theoretically, to switch on some of the bigger guys and also to guard the perimeter. So, um, something that's going to be huge for us, obviously, like you said, Patrick Williams. Um, Trey, I know you and I are both big Patrick Williams stands. Can't say enough about the guy. Um, doesn't necessarily shine on the offensive end, but on that defensive end, that's where I love to watch him play basketball. But yeah, Kendall Brown, 19 years old, uh, got that size, got a lot of activity off the ball and strength around the basket, uh, above the rim, explosive player. Um, you know, Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Brad, let me throw this to you, man. Is this a guy that you think is going to be available for us uh, in terms of Kendall Brown, uh, you know, at that 18th pick? Is it a guy that's a good fit? Um, is this a guy that's going to be, you know, good on the NBA level? Yeah, so I love Kendall Brown. Um, I have no idea why he slipped. I mean, he's, if you kind of look at from the start of the season to now, He's a guy that was going to be maybe a top 10 pick. 
And now he's, if you look at any mock draft or any reports, sounds like he's flipping more in the 18 to 30 range. And honestly, I couldn't tell you why I love the guy. I mean, he's long, he's got length. The thing that hurts him, I think, is just production. I mean, under 10 points a game, under five rebounds a game. But you have to realize he played on a Baylor team where he wasn't the main cog on the offense. I mean, he mm-hmm. kind of did his job. I mean, that's, you know, the issue with Brown, I think. Um, as far as position, yeah, he's exactly what you're talking about. Three or four can switch either one. Um, in a big lineup, he can play the three. In a small lineup, he can probably get away with playing the four. Um, right away, he's going to be a little undersized weight-wise. But, I mean, that's kind of the guy you're looking at. And, you know, shooting 64% from the field last year, 34% from three. I mean, that's kind of the guy you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, and and those are all good things. And you know, in terms of what the Bulls need, Trey, and I don't know if you believe, agree with me on this one here, um, but I have highlighted here the Bulls need wing defenders, a backup center, and in bold and capitalized shooting. The Bulls need shooting. <laughs> so it, you know, if 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 this guy can shoot, you know, I, I'm going to bump him up my board as well. Uh, so talk to me a little bit, uh, also, Brad, about Walker Kessler. Uh, tell me your thoughts on him. I like this guy. Just a, a few notes I have on this guy. Um, a lot of Jeff analysts have him going after 18th, so I don't know. I think he's definitely going to be available there for the Bulls. And he's got a great defensive impact. Uh, he's got playmaking ability in the mid range, um, can dribble in the open court, obviously doesn't really uh, shoot the three just yet. Uh, he was a tallest prospect at the combine also, uh, and he has a seven foot four inch and a little bit four and a quarter inch wingspan. So that's a huge wingspan. So, uh, Walker Kessler, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on him, Brad. Yeah. So Kessler, you know, the thing with Kessler is he's going to be a lot different than what you get with Vooch, right? So Vooch mm-hmm. is kind of more of an offensive first guy defense is there, but he's not, that's not his forte. Kessler is the opposite. Kessler is going to give you some of the best defense in the entire draft. I mean, four and a half blocks a game last year, add on to that a steal over a steal a game plus eight rebounds. I mean, that guy is defensively what we want now, offensively big work in progress. Um, you know, not really much from three, about 20%. So kind of okay. Under 60% free throw kind of makes you nervous as far as his shooting ability, more of a old school, low post guy, I would say. Um, but yeah, as you said, massive wingspan, big height, going to be immediate rim protector. Um, and like I said, somebody who can give you something behind Vooch where, you know, hey, you can come in and that defense doesn't, you know, lose itself. Because last year, you know, Bulls were, what, I think 20th in block shots. Yeah. Um, 20th in rebounding, give or take, bottom third in both. That's mm-hmm. what an area where Kessler immediately gives you production right away. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we need. Uh, so, Trey, do you agree with me here? We need shooting. We need uh, backup center. We need uh, wing defenders. Is that is that the three kind of bullet points you've got for yourself also? I mean, for me, it was Jalen's. We need three, four, fives. We need size. We need bigs. And for me, especially after watching these playoffs, I'm really focused on are they going to be able to play on a string on defense when it comes down to it? So, to me, I'm looking for somebody high-level Defender types that are like six, eight or taller. Yeah. So who do you got on that list? Give me your top two guys on that list. So my top two guys, like Jalen said, I expect them both to be gone at 18. I've got Duran and Mark Williams. To me, I wonder, do are either of them talented enough that we try and attach maybe Kobe White and some other stuff to move up if one of those two starts to fall down the draft board a little bit, say like Dyson Daniels moves up. Cause I think he had a really great workout, you know, the Oklahoma city thunder, you never know what they're going to do at 12. They might draft somebody that most people have in the twenties that, mm-hmm. so like if one of them starts to fall, I think those two guys are the two prospects I have on my list that I'd be willing to, to try and trade up for. 
and I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought about uh, what prospect are they high high level enough prospects that they would be worth moving assets to try and get. Well, let me say this before I, I'm gonna let Jalen answer this uh, first, but I'm let me say this first is that uh, you know our tourist is gonna be working those phones, man. Like I, that guy is gonna be on the phones. You know, someone someone gets you know slept on early. I could see it happening, especially uh, I don't know if Kobe's got a lot of trade value right now in the market, just to how he played in the playoffs. But the Hornets, uh, Jaylen, they've got a lot of young guys already. They've got 13 and 15. I'm pretty sure. Like they might be willing to move. You know, there's I think yeah. there might be opportunities to move up potentially. Yeah, especially if you're willing to throw that 18th just to move up, you know, five spots or whatever. But uh, Jalen, man, what do you think? Are those guys that you're willing uh, to to reach for, Durant and Mark Williams? I think that's a great point about Mark specifically. I'm here on Tankathon and Mark Williams is projected at 13 right now. So especially you talk about Charlotte being a trade target with them having two picks. That might be something that's a little intriguing. If you can get within that lottery, even if it's at that bottom mark at 13, that might be a really good spot for them, especially because Charlotte knows they're two picks later. They got one more. As long as they hold on to that one in the trade package, they still got a little bit of uh, direction there. Dyson Daniels is an interesting name in terms of when you just talk about guys moving up. I think his momentum is too significant, but you want to talk about just an all around factor on both sides of the ball. I think he was a guy who caught on late in his G League tenure, but I think he's a guy who's gotten a lot of noise. I I still think out of the two guys mentioned, Jalen Durant and Mark Williams, I'd actually beat for our team again, and we're still factoring in drafting as if we're drafting around Zach. That's like the mentality I'm in. Right. Try not to let go of this man until he signs the papers. So right. basically, <laughs> I think Mark Williams is a better fit for that trajectory, right? He's already he's already got the veteran mentality, kind of walked around. He's one of, He was easily, easily one of the best defensive players in the country. He's a guy who's shown that he has switch ability. He's a guy who can cover, let's not say the one through five, but I think three through five, he's got pretty locked down in terms of being able to slide his feet. He's not as much of a non-factor offensively as Walker is, I think, when we talk about that comparison. But he's not as raw as Jalen Duran is. I think Jalen Duran has a trajectory that could make him, you know, one of the better centers in the league, which is a position that fluctuates on a year-to-year basis. But I think that Mark is a guy who, just with his fundamentals now, is a guy who could be an impact player as a backup center today so it sounds and like you're trading easily, up for mark yeah right? he's, but would, would you trade up for duran i don't think i would trade up for Dur- i just i think the raw talent is enough to maybe call and see about it but i think the package itself is going to be a lot more determining on whether or not it's worth i think being able to get to 13 is a lot easier and fellas let's just keep it a be- let's just keep it a bean i i think mark williams is better than tristan thompson today from what Tristan Thompson gave us. So I, I think so. that alone, that alone should make us feel a little bit better. Look, if we I was make behind a move that, like that. I was behind that Tristan Thompson sign when it happened <laughs> because too. I was thinking old Tristan Thompson and what we got was not, it was no, old, sure. but not the right old Tristan Thompson. It was, it was like, he did not look like the same guy out there <laughs> on the rebounding side of things. Um, Brad, so tell me, man, you're kind of the, uh, you know, third party here that's not a bulls fan so tell me are we being like are we spoken crack here can we trade <laughs> kobe white and our 18th pick up for the 13th or 15th pick is that something you could see happening is that somewhere where you could see uh duran or, or mark williams being available yeah i mean that's definitely the range for all those guys like you said duran i think he's probably going to end up being one of those guys where he gets to a workout and people get him in the office or the building and they go wow i mean that guy is special he's going to move up just because they see the physical attributes of him, you know? So that's maybe where, I don't know if that'll be enough to get 13 to move up, to get him. 
Now, like you said, does a team like that move, you know, does Charlotte say, yeah, we'll move down and gather assets? That's hard to say. You know, the other, the issue with Charlotte specifically is Charlotte has a huge need at center. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little tough for them maybe to move back when they get their pick of Williams, Duran, who, yeah. you know, name your center there. And they're going, Good well, point. we're trading with another team in the, in the conference passing on our center of the future and giving it to them. Yeah. So that's where I wonder if 13 is maybe in not in play head, as much as 15. Right. In my head, I more expected them to pick their center that they wanted at 13. But say, say Duran and Williams both happen to fall because, you know, the Knicks do Knicks things. And you, you, you never know how these things happen to work out. But if, if they would happen to fall and the, the Hornets were able to take their pick at 13, I think 15 is something that might be available, especially yep. with Rozier getting, you know, he's getting older. And I think Kobe White could kind of step in and be that microwave role type player for them. Yeah, yeah I think he could fill that Devontae, uh, Devontae Graham role that they lost to New Orleans last year. I mean, he'd essentially fill that role between mm-hmm. behind ball and and uh, Rozier. So, so that would make sense. For. Yeah, it's something to look for, something that could happen. Um, Jalen, I'm going to kick it back to you, man. Uh, I only asked you for your top two guys. If those two guys aren't available, you know, who who else you got on that list that we haven't talked about yet? Man, okay, so that's where things get kind of tricky because once you get further down, I mean, man, I mean, well, for, first of all, it's already wild card galore after, like, the first 15, really. But, like, so I'm going to throw out names, and I guess I just want to get you guys as feelers on them. Okay, so the the next guy up for me would maybe, and I hate this one too because 18 just feels high, but I like him a lot. EJ mm-hmm. Liddell at Ohio mm-hmm. State. I like. Right, I got a great either or for Liddell. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I like EJ Liddell. He gives me, oh, he gives me like Utah Paul Millsap vibes, which <laughs> PJ, I don't know if PJ that's Tucker. like. Yeah, yeah. You, I think so. PJ is a weird one because I think EJ has a little bit more bag. Then PJ, and I mm-hmm. think that PJ Tucker is a lot better on the defensive end. I just think EJ gave us a little bit this year that shows that he can maybe improve defensively or at least work within um, a zone scheme where we already have a bunch of guards flying around as it is. So I think he's a guy who I think could step in and be really good, and he's a good passer down low, so I think that would help a lot. The wild card after that, and I guess this is the one I actually want to ask you guys about, is do we get sticky – Potential wise, and go with Patrick Baldwin Jr. No, because he's okay. But let me ask. Let me okay. Let me frame it though. Let me frame it because this is why I want to ask. Because I don't, I don't love this one either. And especially, okay, this kind of goes against my draft around Zach mentality. But here's my thing. I feel as though when you go down the pecking order of our team, specifically offensively, it's Damar. Zach, figure it out, right? Because Vooch was very inconsistent this year. I mean, the playoffs kind of like encapsulated that. And from a bench scoring standpoint, Alex Caruso, not much of an offensive threat. Kobe White, we keep trying to plug him into this Lou Williams like uh, persona. Right, right. So, so I, I hear what you're saying. We need we need a guy who can come in and run the offense. We need the mm-hmm. like. Obviously, not he's not a Chris Paul-level player, but the Chris Paul type who can come in, run a play, get your offense going. Floor general, as to I me, say. So to speak. So, so to, to speak. me, after after how bad of a, uh, a freshman year he had and then the combine, I think if you want Pat, if you want him, you can trade up into the back end of the first round, into the late mid to late 20s, and still get him. I don't, I don't think he's going okay. in the first round. Okay, 
until the very end. So to me, I I've got Liddell as the as the high floor, low ceiling version Fair. of the four. Yeah. And my guy I've got opposite is Terry Eason. I think is how you say his name. Oh, Tari Eason the from four, LSU. Tari Eason, yeah, from LSU. Okay, I like I that. Think I like the that. High va- I think he's the the lower floor but higher ceiling. I watched a, a scouting report right before we came on. He's got gr- it looked like he had great instincts on rotations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was able to get some steals reading the passing lanes, but even when he didn't get the steals, he was able to rotate quickly and be in the right spots. And when you've got the ball flying around, you want those guys who can make those pre-rotations a little bit. Like we saw that great Draymond Green play where he was in one corner, recovered all the way across and blocked the corner shot. Mm-hmm. You need those guys you you can be a great defensive player and not have those instincts, but you can't be a top-tier guy without those instincts. And you can mm. be a below-average defensive guy with those instincts and still be impactful. So to yeah. me, I think Liddell, Easton, those are the two guys, you know, depending on what you're looking for, safer pick with Liddell, higher ceiling Easton. But I, I really like those two guys as my next two. In, in the past, we know – the Bulls' ownership would always go Liddell, man. If that's the case, if it's that's safe, a fact. that's a if fact. If it's safe versus, uh, yeah. you know, potential, they would always. I wanted. Safe. I was. I was going to ask Brad but, specifically because I know he's yeah. the yeah. draft guy. Like, so, mm-hmm. am I framing that the right way with those two guys, or am I? Exactly. That's a hundred percent exactly right. If you're asking me who I would want with 18, mm-hmm. if I was a Bulls fan, Tari Eason would be number one on my list. Okay. That guy mm-hmm. is a monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's played two years in college, super young for his age yet. Per 40 minutes in his career, over two steals, almost three blocks a game. Hmm. I mean, that guy is, he's a dude, as they say. Last year, shot almost 36% on three. In a system, he's only going to get better. I I see him just improving more and more. Like, freshman to sophomore year, he got better. I think he's going to get even better when he's improving against the players that Chicago has. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing with Eason that I like so much is, that he has, he's not really he hasn't started a lot in his career, so he kind of knows that bench role. He knows how to you know come in off the bench, do what he needs to do, as opposed to he's not one of those guys that was you know the main guy on offense and a lot was expected of him. He averaged 17 points a game last year, and that was barely in over 24 minutes. So I mean that guy, you know, a lot of Mikhail Bridges there, if you ask me. Maybe not quite as efficient. I mean Mikhail is about as efficient as it gets, but. Same kind of thing. And to me, you look at a team like, okay, so if you're going to play the Nets or the um, Bucks or two teams that the Bulls are going to have to compete against for their uh, coming years, when they go small and play Durant at center or Giannis at center and bring in a guy like Portis or, you know, a smaller lineup, that's a guy you can play with Pat Williams. And he can be your four and Williams can be your five in a small ball lineup. You know, so to me, that's the guy. I think he's going to be gone before 18. But if I had my choice for as a Bulls fan, that's who I'd be looking at. I Are think you, I would I would maybe attach Kobe White and even try and trade up for Eason. I, I think I, I think Kobe White. If Kobe White was the cost to move up to get Eason, I think that's a steal of a deal all day every day. I've I've seen the Hawk. Uh, <clears throat> I've seen him going to the Hawks a few places. So again, with that 15 pick, I I would really be looking for maybe Michael Jordan to throw the Bulls a solid. Yep, that could be. And yeah, as far as Liddell, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I think he's. Hi, I mean, a win now guy, you know, you're getting, I mean, he's improved every year in college. He's a little bit older. So I think at 18, he'll be there just because, you know, already going to be 22 in the coming year. A lot of times, you know, draft guys set up and they go out a little bit older and they slide him down the board just because of lack of upside or perceived lack of upside. So, yeah, I think he'll be there. I think he'd be a good fit. I think he can, you know, immediately contribute 
if Williams is out in, for any length of time, you know, you could certainly plug EJ in and, and it probably helps. He's an Illinois kid. <laughs> Bring some fans in. That, if anything. that always helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do have Liddell on my, on my list also. I don't know anything about Tar Eason, so I'm going to have to look this guy up and, and see what, what you guys he's are talking dude. about. But yeah, he's a dude. yeah, if he's that dude, then uh, I'm going to have to get that dude out of my radar for sure. So, um, so a couple other guys I have here. And I actually looked at the USA Today had a consensus. You know, they took all the experts' draft picks and then kind of just lined them up by number uh, based on the consensus. So if you actually look at that and, and a consensus pick at number 18, they've actually got Ty Ty Washington, point guard. Fast point guard with scoring ability. Seems to be a really fit in up-tempo style of play, which we know the Bulls like to get out in transition, score in transition. Uh, one of the best, you know, scoring teams in the fast break this season. Um, yeah, I'll kick to you, Jalen Edmund, from you in a minute, man. Ty Ty Washington, how do you feel about this, man? So the way I view that is USA Today knows a little bit more about Lonzo Ball's injury than we do. That's <laughs> that's my viewpoint on that being the draft pick that we go with because I like Ty Ty. I was a big fan of him coming into this draft class and up into this season, and he's got measurables that do look good moving forward. 6'3 with a 6'8 wingspan. He's a guy who definitely, like you said, plays with pace. He's a guy who I think makes good decisions, and I think on a team where he's not going to be asked to do much offensively, he has enough of a package where he can create for himself, but not so much of a package that he's going to rely on that and hero ball his way through. We have guys that can work within that, and if he's just the setup man for this, I think we have something there. But I think drafting a point guard at 18 <clears> – <throat> indicates to us that this Lonzo Ball injury must be much more serious than we would hope going into next mm-hmm. season, considering all the time Lonzo's missed already. I'm still going to die on the hill that is wing or up, just out of the mere fact that, again, that Milwaukee Bucks series was tough to watch when you think about just how outsi- outsized we were. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and it's not getting any easier throughout the conference in terms of the size that's coming into the league, along with the guys that are already around. And personally, Ty Ty is going to be there. So they're not mm-hmm. wrong in terms of his availability. I think he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm dying on the hill of winger go home. <laughs> I think we got to get a big guy. We got to get a big guy. Yeah. Well, like, the reason I, I got one gonna... other one. Sorry. One, uh, one other real quick, wing. Reason... Reason oh, I was looking ahead. at Ty Ty real quick. Um, again, outside, I think shooting is something the Bulls need to address. I mean, if you look at back mm-hmm. at the last season, you know, we talked a lot about rebounding numbers. We talked about, um, you know, some big stats that, you know, were tough to swallow. But there's also shooting, three-point frequency, 29, or la- absolute dead last in the league, 29th in three-pointers made. Now, we were fourth in three-point percentage, so we shot the ball well, efficiently, when we shot the three-point ball. But we just weren't taking enough to open up those spaces that we need to have DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, Zach Levine, and and Vooch shoot, you know, shooting from. There's just not enough spacing on the floor. So, um, you know, I, I could see – Tipping your hat, uh, it might be a tip of the of the cap here towards you know uh, uh, Lonzo Ball having a more serious injury than we, we believe right now. If they do draft a point guard, um, but I also think that's filling a need. You're filling a need of outside scoring when you draft a guy that can shoot from the outside. Go ahead, Trey. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna transition away from Ty Ty. So, do we have anything oh, else on the Ty Ty? No, Ty-Ty you don't. Don't, tra- don't transition away from Ty Ty. Let me get Brad's thoughts on Ty Ty. <laughs> Ty Ty, I mean, I think he's your typical Kentucky point guard, Emmanuel quickly, maybe not Tyrese Maxey quite there. I mean, I think he's a good passer. He's a good scorer. I don't think he does anything great. He's average shooter, 35%, I think, last year from three. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with Jalen. If you have Lonzo and Caruso can run point and Kobe White and AO, I think at that point I'm not worried about a point guard. That's not going to take me over the top. So I don't see that upside with Ty Ty. So. Fair enough. Okay, go ahead, Trey. What about Jaden Hardy? He was a top five prospect before the year. Uh-huh. He shot 36% on catch-and-shoot threes. If you, if you bring him in and you talk to him, you work him out, and you really like him, is he someone that if all of the bigs are gone that you like, he's my one like crazy reach. What do you think? Is okay. it crazy? So Jaylen, this, what do you think? This is how I this is how I respond to this. My Patrick Baldwin crazy is your Jaden Harden crazy. This <laughs> is one of those where it's one of those guys where theoretically speaking, he's a guy who fills a need in a way that can be interesting, specifically when you attach the word upside, right? I think Jaden Hardy and Patrick Baldwin are two guys when you attach upside to them, they're gonna be guys who maybe go a little bit later just because of their production during the season. But your what you see for them ahead is just enough for you to give them a look at it. The only thing that so let's let's go through Jaden Hardy, just G League season in general. The one thing that obviously is the thing that's putting him on the map is 17.7 points per game, 19.8 per 36 minutes. 26.9 percent from three is rough, but the catch and shooting numbers is real. Um, I actually kind of watched some tape on that, and that is a big deal. And I think especially on a team filled with drivers across the board in the Bulls, he's going to have a lot of catch-and-shoot opportunities. But he's uh, he's he's not a big passer. He's net negative defensively, and he's a guy who seen, he, he sounds very microwave score-esque to me. And I feel as though that either means we gave up on Kobe, which, I, I mean, I guess depends on where you feel on that. But – or, or you are so much prioritized, uh, you are so much prioritizing defense that you're not willing to take a swing on a wing that's more, I mean, you're so much prioritizing offense that you're not willing to take a swing on a wing who might not have the kind of potential down the line, but does give us defense today. So I think that would be the thing is with Jaden, he gives us offense today, theoretically, but he's a guy who I think he has that high ceiling, low floor thing that we talked about earlier, but in a way where he's much more of a wild card than a handful of the prospects in his draft class. I think right, the Kobe yeah. White point is is the big thing. And for me, uh-huh. he's Kobe White's going to be, you're going to have to re-sign him after next year. And I I think, you know, I that's one of those break glass in case of emergency. That was my throw, <laughs> that was my throw it out there. So I did Everything you said, I agree with 100%. But again, the catch and shoe, I think ideally he's coming off the bench and he's being like that that secondary, uh, even even tertiary, like the third guy. And he's creating off of a defense that's already bent and he can either catch and shoot the three or he can attack a closeout. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's going to be how he maximizes his potential in, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So... Um... I think we're going to let Brad go after this segment here, and uh, we're going to talk some Zach Levine sign-and-trades. But uh, before we go, I have one more guy I want to throw out there for you guys and get all of your opinions on him. Uh, and if this is a guy we can trade up for or a guy that slips and, and you know, he might be there at 18, I don't I don't know. That's that's why I, I want to ask Brad first. Um, Jeremy Sochan, is he somebody that oh. the Bulls have a realistic shot at getting? Is he somebody that we can trade up for? Uh, go ahead. I, I don't see any way that he makes it anywhere close to 18 at this point. He's the it guy, I think, for a lot mm-hmm. of the talking heads and any, 
you know, ESPN or any place you look, he's the, the it guy that's moving up from start of the year, late first round to, he kind of switched spots with Kendall Brown, his teammate mm-hmm. to the point where he's almost, I think a lock to go in top 10, if not at least a lottery, just because he's kind of the prototypical three and D wing guy, you know, kind of like a super Brandon Clark is kind of what I think of him. Um, so yeah, I think he's the guy that you'd have to trade up for, for sure to get on. That's why I think to me an Eason is more of a, an opportunity there just because I think he'd be there. I mean, Sohan is, would be awesome for the bulls, but I just don't think he's going to make it all the way to 18. So what do you think Jalen? So, yeah, I got to agree. I mean, let's, let's look at the setup, right? So Tankathon has him going 10th to the Wizards, which is actually not crazy of a fit. I don't like it because I feel like they've draft, drafted wings every single season and <laughs> <That's true>. hit <laughs> or miss, to say the least, right, if you go through the last four drafts. But at the same time, it's a guy who is realistically fits them. After is the Knicks. I see the Knicks going for a center. That's kind of where I think Jalen Duran might fall or Mark Williams might fall into that pocket. Then you go to OKC, who's obsessed with just super athletes, right? So there you go. That's one team that you almost might you almost might be able to pencil in as going for a guy like Sochan. You got two cracks from the Charlotte Hornets who love the idea or should love the idea of putting athletes around the mellow ball, right? There must see TV mm-hmm. for a reason as it is. And they're the it kids on league pass because of their athleticism around him. That's right. a guy who fits that. I mean, there's Did you say the Knicks? Yeah, the the Knicks are an interesting one that I think because I, I just but feel I think like they go center. I think they go center though. Right, I just feel like I can see that so guy get uh, Robinson, being a Thibs. <laughs> well, like Thibs, Thibs can <laughs> I love. Take Mitch. I, I think Mitch is a free agent though. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mitch is so a free too. agent. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, if you just look at the setup with all the teams between like the the ten and the eighteen, there's. The Wizards, the Knicks, OKC, and Charlotte two times. They're two. They're, they're that's four teams that, athleticism-wise, they would love to add another athlete to their squad, especially OKC. Lord, that's like their formula for drafting guys nowadays. So if he gets anywhere in that pocket, I think he's gone. Right. Uh, any last thoughts on uh, on Jeremy there, Trey? Oh, I just like they said. I don't think he's going to be there, and. For me, as much as I like him as a prospect, I I don't know that he fits the Bulls well enough that I would want to I would consider trading up for him, especially given the assets I think mm. it would take to trade up that high. Gotcha. Uh, was just curious what you guys thought. I, I'm high on the kid, obviously, but I think a lot of people are. So um, we are just 25 days away from the NBA draft. It's coming up on Thursday, June 23rd, and uh, we've got an exciting list of guys here that we talked about today. I'm sure there's guys we even miss. Uh, that the Bulls might be considering. But we are going to say goodbye to Mr. Brad uh, here. He's got a, a run here. But uh, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, where can people find you on Twitter? You know, what, what are you working on now? Uh, just give us give us, uh, give us us where we find you. Yeah, so uh, Twitter at LeapFreed6. Uh, you suppose you have to look that up, get a little spelling, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, otherwise just on uh, Rotoballer and uh, kind of on Twitter. Absolutely, man. And uh, thank you again for your time. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again here. Thanks, fellas. Bye. Uh, but we are going to have Jalen, Mr. Jalen Dixon stick around with us. He is a Bulls fan, so we're going to talk a little bit of Zach Levine sign and trade scenarios. And uh, before we do that, I want to tell you guys there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our experts, expert analysis. Mm. Expert analysts are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep. And we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well, but only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com and 
click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99. So we'll see you there. Uh, go get that fantasy pass, guys. It uh, does wonders, you know, as you get close to the season. I, I, I also utilize Razzball. I use Roto Baller. I use them all, man, because uh, when it comes to fantasy basketball and ball, ball is life. But, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, got to have all your info there so you can uh, dominate your leagues. But, guys, Trey, we've talked about Zach Levine in the last episode. We've talked about him all season. Um, all indications are the Bulls are going to offer him a max deal. I think it's absolutely insane if they don't offer him a max deal. Uh, but there are still all these rumors, and it might be Clutch putting him out there. Who knows who's putting him out there? But there's these rumors that uh, Zach Levine might might be involved in a sign trade, might go somewhere else. So I asked you before we came on here to just kind of give me some scenarios of some signing trades that were appealing to you. Because, you know, if there, it comes down to we have to lose Zach – at least we lose him in a sign trade because we can sign him for sixty million more than the other teams. Uh, so I think he'd want to keep that money. I don't know. I mean, you know, even if you have hundreds of millions of dollars, I think sixty million is a lot of money. So uh, give me. Let's do this. How about you give me uh, your least favorite of your sign and trade scenarios? So my least favorite is if he just insists on going to the Dallas Mavericks and playing with Luca. At that point, um, maybe taking back Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Dwight Powell, who is expiring, after, uh, so I think you'd have to re-sign him potentially, maybe, and then the number twenty-six pick. Mm, yeah. For me, it's Tim sticky. Hardaway Jr. He's he's got he has a contract that actually goes down in value. I think he makes twenty-one million this year, nineteen million next year, then seventeen million the year after that. You know, I have a soft spot for guys who take contracts like that. Shout out to Vucevic, <laughs> but to me, that's that's my least favorite, and I. I, I really don't want to do that one. No, you're not getting a whole lot back for that. That's not a great haul for him. Do but, either of you two have a better Dallas one? Well, yeah, let me ask you this. So the, let me ask you this before I give you mine, because I do have a Dallas one. But why no Jalen Brunson? Is he not involved uh, in your uh, in your sign and trade there uh, instead of Tim Hardaway Jr.? I mean – Good. I feel like he's just – that's going – that would be a lot of capital for them to tie up. And I think if – I think if we move Zach, it's it's not necessarily trying to compete with DeRozan and Vucevic, but it's resetting and trying to compete with right. Lonzo Caruso, Patrick Williams, that sort of thing. You have said that before. I don't necessarily agree. I think if they give up Zach, you still got a pretty good team with uh, DeRozan and Vooch leading it. Uh, Jalen, give me first your thoughts on, on Trey's scenario here. And also, just in general, what you think about Zach Levine and whether or not there's an, a chance that he gets signed and traded uh, as opposed to just resetting with the Bulls. Hmm. So the Dallas one is tricky. I feel like that's a really interesting one. And I, I get your point on the Jalen Brunson thing. I think the capital thing is going to be really interesting because he's due for some money too. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's going to be like, what does his number look like? Cause at the end of the day, you cannot disrespect the way he did this postseason. I know last year was what it was. And he got a lot of flack for not being helped to Luke. And I know this last series doesn't really help his case, but he showed a lot of upside in the postseason, especially in the earlier rounds. That's going to help him get paid by somebody. So if it has to be us, I don't like that. I don't I don't like that much. But I could see why you say from a talent standpoint, if we have to get the best possible package back, something with him in it might probably be better than a lot of other packages we are offered. A lot of capital, like, like Trey said before, but 
maybe at least from a talent perspective, you could convince somebody into it. Now, yeah. Zach Levine in a sign and trade scenario, regardless, man, I just think that the synergy between him and DeMar DeRozan this season, and you have to take a lot of that from things that were said in media and things like that in terms of him, um, you know, in postseason press and post game pressers and things like that. He was the one who said that they're, be- they're the best duo in the league. Well, you don't leave right. half of the best duo in the league. That, <laughs> that's my personal opinion. Whether you believe they're the best duo in the league or not is, of course, all opinion. But mm. from his perspective, he felt like they're the best duo in the NBA. And you don't leave half of the duo, right? But mm. I think on top of that, the extra 60 mil enticing as I don't know what. <laughs> I understand why Zach even wants to entertain free agency though right I, I i do kind of understand it because he's never seen real free agency before right he played on the timberwolves right. that was wishy-washy at best even when he was a restricted free agent he wasn't a max level restricted free agent right it was the bulls front office saying well we like you but you <laughs> no, we don't love the idea of giving you all the money we have to so how about you go find someone who's going to give you a lot of money and then we'll just right. match it right. so to me that he's being represented by Clutch. I think this is really them sending the message, hey, Chicago, we we know it's a new front office, but it's still the same ownership that mm-hmm. jerked me around last time. Mm-hmm. You better come and come correct at, you know, 1201. Don't, don't try anything cute, just off and the I hate, And I hate, I mean, look, it, when, last time we had to sign this guy, Zach Levine, I was uh, not necessarily thrilled about giving him all that money and matching the King's offer, honestly. And I hate that that's the experience he's had because that does, even though this stuff might just be all smoke and mirrors, that does put that seed of doubt in Bulls fans' minds to say, oh, man, maybe he still has that in his mind that last right. time we kind of jerked him around and before we got went ahead and gave him, gave him the bag. So um, so that does give me a little bit of, of, of pause here. But here's, here's my Dallas um, trade scenario. If we do have to sign and trade this guy, Zach Levine, I don't want to at this point. I don't think it's a good, uh, you know, I don't think you're ever going to get an equal player back. But like mm-hmm. I said, you know, Jalen Brunson, I think he'd be a centerpiece here. He'd be the best player you could get back from the Mavericks uh, to kind of fill that void. So I got Jalen Brunson, I've got Reggie Bullock, and I've got a future 2024 first round pick. Top 20 protected, though. So it's a top 20 pick protected pick. You get a future first rounder. Uh, you get Bullock, who's, again, going to you know address some of that defense and some of that three-point shooting issues. And uh, Jalen Brunson, man, I'm not the biggest Jalen Brunson fan. But, again, I think this is probably the best uh, player that the Dallas Mavericks have to offer. So, Trey, how do you feel about that one, man? I mean, in terms of value, I think Bullock's a really good defender. I think he's a good piece to have. He's like the opposite of the Tim Hardaway Jr. piece that I was adding in my deal. Right. Um, Brunson, again, I think he's I think he's a good player. I think, like Jalen was saying, he's going to be – he's a, a capable third guy for sure in the playoffs. Maybe, you know, high-end second guy, you know, for maybe two games, two out of the seven games, I think, maybe three. But I – I don't know that he's going to be that consistent number two talent, given how much talent is in the league currently. Um, for me, it's just if we do that, DeMar's a year older. I don't expect him to be able to continue the brilliance that he had last year. And at that point, I don't feel like the Bulls have the number one option. And it's just going to be us spinning our tires, staying in that, you know, eight to 12 range, being mm-hmm. a pretty decent team, but never really competing. So that's why that's why I'm just for me if he goes to Dallas it's really about getting one asset and then trying to get off the salary. 
And the other secret thing I don't like about this is Jalen Brunson doesn't stretch the floor. So if you're going to have DeMar and you're going to have Vooch, it's still you're going to have problems with spacing. Uh, Jalen, what did you think quickly about that uh, that Dallas one I proposed? I mean, well, you kind of led with the greatest point that you can with any of these sign and trades, right? Is that the devolving value we can get from any of these, it, it doesn't get better regardless of trade scenario, right? I've seen San Antonio throw, thrown out there and seeing yeah. Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, and a pick. And it's like, <laughs> I love the upside of Keldon Johnson. Lonnie Walker has not showed me enough to no. even think that the trajectory is there. Um, yeah. the, the athleticism is out the world, but we we athletes is not are not going to get us anywhere moving forward, right? We need guys who are committed on the defensive end, and as you said, especially if we're talking about the guard position, can stretch the floor. Right now, mm-hmm. Lonnie has not showed the ability to do any of those. Shoot, Greg Popovich barely wants to play him half the time, so I don't know how including him in the trade package for Zach really helps us in any any real light. Obviously, the the crazy Laker fans ones that don't make any sense oh, though geez. as well. It, yeah. so, uh, like I say, see, the, the mere fact that you groan as we get there, as we get yeah. through the trade packages, they only get worse, unfortunately, yeah. not better. So that's, yeah, just, that's, that's the tough part with this. Well, mine get better. The better mine, yeah, mine, mine too. Mine, 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 mine too. Yeah, I, I started my worst. Well, that's, I okay, that's we'll, worst. We'll, we'll, okay, I'm interested to see what no, you guys no, no, no. I, I think I, there are That's some, one of those I, things. I did see some of those out there that I wouldn't mind. Like, again, like you know, like you say, man, you're not going to get Zach Levine back. You're not going to get, and Trey said the same thing. You're not going to get number one or two potential option back uh, with these guys on offense. The thing you can get back, though, that's going to help the Bulls, I think, is um, you know defense or you're going to get back youth. Uh, that fits our timeline better when you're talking about pet building around Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo and uh, you know, maybe Kobe White sticks around. I don't know. Maybe he becomes Lonzo, a better Caruso. Lonzo Ball. Uh, Caruso's also on the youngish side. So, so, yeah, maybe it fits a little bit better. Go ahead. Go ahead, Trey. So my number three trade, mm-hmm. another team he's been linked to. So, you know, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. I think if you're if you're trading for Zach, it's very clearly like a win now mode. So maybe you can talk them into Kevin Knox is going to be a free agent, signing him to a one year deal for like seventeen million. So you could do Knox, a Kongwu, and number sixteen. Oof, you like Kevin Knox though? No, I hate Kevin Knox, but he's a one year expiring. <laughs> so okay. boom, you can maybe flip that somewhere else, <laughs> or you just write it out. Okay, I, so you said, I had rated so Max, above Wiseman yes. in the draft. He's the okay. gym of this. I yeah. think he's going yeah. to be a right. a consistently well above average center for the next yes. ten years. So, and then the number sixteen pick, number sixteen, maybe you get Eason, who we talked about earlier, yeah. or someone right. like that. So, to me, this is my number three one. Um, again, yeah. you don't get a number, you don't have a star after yeah. this, but a Kong Wu is super young. You're building for the future, and I, I like this one. Uh, Jalen, what do you think? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Trey, you kind of you kind of won me over slowly through that explanation. <laughs> I gotta be honest. We started with we started with Kevin Knox for yeah. seventeen billion, I and like, I went, let's burn the book. That's the first. That's that's like, where I started. Was and eh, maybe I mean, boom. At that book. point, you can trade De- <laughs> you can trade Demar and Knox to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook's expiring and an unprotected first round pick for them in the next four years or some right. shit. Yeah. Yeah, at the trade you're, deadline, you're, yeah, say, say, you know, say the Bulls start out next year and they're very clearly in that eight to ten range. They're not going to compete for a title. Boom, you might be able to get another first round pick out of it. You just keep adding to, you know, you keep adding to the war yeah. chest. Maybe you move Vooch mm. for a first round pick for a, a team that needs a center that can stretch the floor. Like to me, this is again, I'm thinking at this point you're probably blowing it up if you're moving okay. Zach in terms of moving Demar and you're moving Vooch. I understand. Okay. So I at understand. that point, you get 16, you get a Kongwu. You're not getting that top-tier guy, but mm. 
I love a Kongwu as the center of the future for the Bulls. And right. number 16, I really think you could find a, a gem, given what AK has been able to do in the draft. He's our he's our mm. local Sam Presti here, Mister uh, Mister Trey. Uh, Trey <laughs> uh, no okay. man, but I, I I don't mind that. I get that. Th- and again, this I think this all boils down to, um, you know, you kind of think that if they do trade, have to sign a trade Zach Levine, they have to blow this thing up. I, I have something here with the Hawks, which is actually my favorite of the bunch, where I think that they could pull it off, and it's not a blow up. It's just a reshuffling of the team, which you know isn't something that you necessarily have to uh, you know go tank for or anything like that. But I think they can give up Zach Levine in a sign and trade and then get back John Collins and Nkongu. And I would absolutely love that. And again, I think this also boils down to the fact that I'm a much bigger John Collins fan than most people are just based on what I've seen uh, before, you know, they really had Trey Young implemented as a number one guy there. When he had the ball in his hands and was creating all offense, I felt like he had a lot of upside as far as in terms of like playmaking in the middle range and so i'm a big john collins guy uh, and like you said trey i think the, the the real jewel here is a kongu and just having him going forward i really want him on the team i, I would love to have him in an exchange for zach levine what do you, what do you feel about uh, about both those trades Jalen? so i think both of them are really interesting because you guys are being oddly realistic as fans <laughs> of the team right you guys are being right. oddly realistic about it while yeah. it actually putting us in a very decent place, right? It's not to the point that you're projecting so hard that it seems impossible. And I think the trade, your trade actually is more indicative of this, indicative of this because again, you start with the, the Kevin Knox thing where it sounds like, oh, you're kind of losing me, but then it's a Congo and you're like, okay, wait a minute, kind of interested. Yeah. Then you get the pick and you're like, okay, so now we're kind of cooking with grease. And then if you look at your trade, Keith, when you talk about John Collins and a Congo, Either way, I think you're establishing depth in the front court that is much needed, especially if this is regardless. I'm assuming from both you guys' perspective, Trey, you even actively said this was that this is the sign and trade involving Zach Levine will be the first domino to fall in retooling retooling in terms of a reset. We would be what Orlando was when we got Vooch, essentially, right? The clearing of the house of the guys that have been around for a minute or the names slash contracts that you know are going to be the dump offs, you know, why, you know why, and you know, you know, when it's kind of just what you get mm-hmm. back. And I think both of these trade packages are indicative of that in terms of that, not only being the first domino to fall, but understanding that our biggest hole, regardless of Zach's on the team or not, is the front court. So if we have to get rid of Zach in order to bolster that up moving forward, it get a, it's good. It gets accomplished either way. I think that's, I think it's a good route to go with. I think actually yeah. is a pretty good route. Now Atlanta, why does Atlanta say yes? That that's the yeah. question I want to ask you guys because I mm-hmm. think it's easy to say Trey Young that's- gets a secondary ball handler and he desperately needs another second he needs another guy that can handle the rock because it seems like Bogey can't really do it. It right. seems as though DeLong, they they've gotten, you know, the they they got right, they got um Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, yeah, they got guys who you project as being those dudes but haven't really done so far done that right. so far so getting zach is an instant upgrade over all of those guys but i mean you hear so much about heliocentrism. yes for that though you hear so much about heliocentrism in basketball like with trey young luca and all this mm-hmm. i think if you bring in zach as the number two guy that kind of helps take the pressure off of trey young a little bit so to me Atlanta does this because Zach and Trey get together and they they decide, you know, okay, okay, Zach wants to come and play in Atlanta. So how do we make this happen? 
I would love okay. to be able to get John Collins and a Kongwu. To me, yeah. though, I just I don't see them giving up two talents that like that. Right. Because if yeah. you're trading for Zach, you're looking to win now. So yeah. I think if you can talk mm-hmm. them out of a Kongwu and the number 16 pick, that's a little more yeah. realistic. Because then they still have Gallinari, John Collins, um, Capella, Bogdanovich, Trey Young, uh, Herter, Daniel or DeAndre Hunter, and Zach. Like they would have a lot of talent. So to me. Well, I, I agree. I love John Collins. I think John Collins and Vooch starting and then a Kongwu coming off the bench and then a Kongwu eventually replacing Vooch in the next year or two. I think it's oh, a yeah. great front court rotation. But to me, I just think it's a little more realistic to ask for a Kongwu in this. The season. reason no, you're you're right, Trey. And the reason I threw John Collins out there is because you know, I'm doing the same thing that people are doing with Zach Levine when they're throwing these crazy trades out there, is because you're, <laughs> you're looking at this guy. You're looking at this guy and you're saying, Man, this guy has some beef with his organization, you know, maybe there's there's something there where we can pry him loose. Uh, so it is a little bit wishful thinking getting both of those guys back. I think your trade is more realistic for sure. Um, but I think if the Bulls can get that package back, that's why I put it as my favorite. I think that's, like you said, that is a fantastic front court rotation when you've got Booch, uh, John Collins, and then Akongu coming off the bench. And then, like you said, Akongu would be the guy uh, of the future because Booch is expiring, I believe, at the end of next season. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, fantastic, man. But um, all right, let me give you one here I like also, which is kind of out of left field. This is actually with the 76ers. And the Bulls would get back Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibault, who we've already been linked to before, obviously. We get back a 2023 first-round pick, a 2026 first-round pick, and a 2028 first-round pick. You're stacking up three first-round picks, and you're getting Tobias Harris. Not an equal trade with Zach Levine, obviously. So this is more about stacking up some future assets. Trey, you're laughing at me, man. Go ahead, laugh at me. You you know what else you're stacking up? You're stacking up people on this call that are facepalming right now. Because, (laughs) no, this is a terrible idea. As much as I love the idea of AK having a bunch of picks to work with and maybe just eating that Tobias contract, I just – I. I think Embiid gives a team a certain ceiling. I think Harden's going to come back a little bit better, maybe not great, but better. To me, those picks, I just, no, I, I wouldn't be for it. It's just not for me. Go ahead, Jalen. Rip into me, man. What you got? So I think that the way I view that trade is that is our faith in AK, really speaking. Like, I think that's that that kind of trade is our faith in AK, AK being that that invested in what we understand his track record is because it's just like trey said before it sounds like this 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 trade package particularly is ak ak is gonna get us some guys and that'll make it all worthwhile and i understand that i i do i just don't I don't like that. Were any of that the, feels were any more of those aggressive picks? of a right reset than I've ever – like, okay, compare that to our last trade with Atlanta, for example. That feels a lot more wild cardy of a trade mm-hmm. – talk about this one with Philly – than even, for example, Trey said that he feels like John Collins and um, Okongwu feels a little out of reach. This – I feel as though that somehow is less of a wild card of a trade that is possible than mm-hmm. us turning out this trade and getting that – that level of hits on three draft class down the line. And we're also putting a lot of faith in Philly, right? I mean, in terms of like them helping us out in the draft order (laughs) and especially with that 2023 one, we got to assume it's going to be twenties, right? If, if, if they're going for Zach, they'll have James on the books, Joel Mm -hmm. in there, Tyree still on his rookie contract. Like we have to assume that's going to be a low pick right there alone 
And then from there, we're crossing our fingers down the line for, I think it was like, I think you said 2025 or 2026, and I think yeah. a 2028. That's why yeah. us kind of praying on the downfall of Joel Embiid and James right. Harden already being out the way, so to speak. So I think that one's just going in with a, even more blind faith than the potential to get John Collins, which I some, somehow view as like way more plausible. I feel like that one's actually way more possible than we might even be given credit. Well, let so me, let me say, uh, back in. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Defend, no, defend I'm a, I'm a, yourself. Let me, let, me, let me give my uh, yeah, let me give my, my little <laughs> defense here because uh, I just got double teamed. You know, I feel a little a little down. No, it's all right. It's oh, all good. It, it it is out there, man. And this is not my uh, favorite, you know, trade by any means. But um, but I, I think you know, it's for, in terms of Philly, right? Let's talk about Philly and what their pressures are right now, especially at this last season, right? You got Joel Embiid didn't get his MVP. Bow out early in the playoffs yet again. Doc Rivers, you know, you're not sure if this guy is, is the answer also. You say he's going to coach next season, but, uh, you know, again, just dropping leads in the playoffs, so I don't know what, what's going on there. You're getting desperate, man. You want, so, you, so I think if the Bulls don't pull something like this off with the Philadelphia 76ers, personally, I feel like somebody's going to get the best of Daryl Morey here because there's a lot of pressure here on Daryl Morey to get that, you know, other star or whatever, other piece that's going to fit next to Joel and Harden, maybe, probably, and get them over the hump here and get them to, you know, at least the finals, I would hope. Um, so that's why I think, you know, maybe maybe it's not realistic from from a bull standpoint. Like, you know, you are kind of selling right now and you're not looking probably to capitalize on that until 2028 or whatever, you know, what have you, when those picks become better. But I think it, I, I, think I don't even think we can get their luck. 2028 pick, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because they've traded their 2027 first rounder to Brooklyn uh, already. So and you have you have to you have rule. to have you, yeah. Yep. So, so uh, let, me, let me just let me ahead. just beat that dead horse in. even more for you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, go ahead. Reel me back in. Give me a give me a. All better. right, my 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 second favorite trade I came up with, and the last trade of so I had three three trades with teams he's been linked to in a wild card. This is my favorite of the teams he's been linked to. You get Josh Hart. Eric Bledsoe's expiring and number seven from Portland. I don't mind that at all. Um, I do. Have Especially a if Sharp one. falls. Um, I think if Sharp falls to seven, he's a guy who, you know, he's got that very, you know, high variance. But if he hits, I think he could be a number one, number two type guy on a title contender. Is Josh, let me ask you this question. Is Josh Hart signed beyond this next season? What's his contract look like? Any ideas? Two more years. Let me look real quick. Because I do like Josh Hart as a player. Um, I think he's a great player. He's he's frisky. He gets rebounds. He's always in the middle of it. Um, and that's probably more realistic. I do have a Portland Trailblazers one too. Probably he has a player option. Yeah. After next year for 13 million, which I expect so he's him probably, to decline. Yeah, he'll probably think, oh decline. You think he's gonna get more than that? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think he'll probably, especially with the cap likely going up in the next few years with. TV money and stuff. Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll get more than 13 million. So I'll, I'll just say I had Amphrey Simons in the seventh uh, seventh pick to uh, to the Bulls. And again, this is probably less realistic than Trey's package. Um, I mean, if we can do that, I I run I do yeah. that I do that today. Yeah. So so again, you know, and this is you know, assuming you're giving up Zach. I mean, Amphrey Simons not necessarily going to be Zach replacement, but man, that guy can score the basketball, and I love watching him do it. So uh, I'd love having that back. Plus, you get the first round pick, uh, the number seven overall pick. That's just that's gold. Uh, is Portland going to say yes to that? Big question mark. I don't think they would. But Jalen, give me your thoughts, man, on, on, on Portland Trailblazers. Any kind of package with those guys? 
Keith, I hate that you're Debbie downering this this one, but like gassing the last one. I like this one. That's the crazy part. Okay, so let me let me tell you why. And I, I think the the us taking a look back at Anthony Simons, I think that one's intriguing too. And I actually think that one's a lot more realistic. Again, I think that one's a little bit more realistic than we're giving credit, mainly because of this concept that I feel like is kind of getting lost in the sauce with all this is. Do you really think Portland is gonna commit to they just traded C.J. McCollum because of the idea that the concept of building around two small guards wasn't mm-hmm. going to work. And so their way of trying to re-up is trading yeah, for Julius Randle, signing Anthony Simons, who, again, is a small guard next to Damian yeah. Lillard. That, that's, that's, your, that's your way of solving it, going after Julius Randle or, uh, or Jeremy Grant. Um, in a trade package and retaining Anthony Simons and still building around two small guards, but at least this one's younger like that, that doesn't. So for them, conceptually speaking, that them keeping Anthony Simons would be sleepwalking anyway, right? Because it's them. It's, it's a repeated offense. It's the idea that you thought getting rid of CJ would help you moving forward. When the truth is outside of helping you in terms of the picks and Dame still wasn't happy at seven as he shouldn't have been considering the circumstances, (laughs) but you get the seventh pick because your team wasn't as good. But in terms of moving so, forward, so here's day. my question then. Yeah, go ahead. In this scenario, we're assuming Zach decides he's going to Portland to play with Dame. Mm-hmm. Do you right. think Portland is better moving forward with Josh Hart or with Anthony Simons? Are they? This is with them getting um. This is with getting them getting Zach. Zach. Getting Zach, yeah. Getting Zach. Josh Hart. And a reminder that yeah. Josh, Josh is 27 yeah. and Anthony Simons is like 23. I think, jo- I think Josh Hart. Josh Hart still, though. Yeah. Josh Hart still, though. Because yeah. to me, defensively, to that's me, their and Josh is the only breathing pulse they have on the team, uh, at least this right. past season. And I think Zach's effort level this past season is indicative. Remember, he was coming off of the USA. He was coming off the USA visit of during the Olympics as well, and that really upped him on the defensive end. I think if Zach is committed defensively in the backcourt and you have a guy like Josh Hart who can play the 2-3 next to them, that's right. much more enticing for their team moving forward than right. just another guy who can score the basketball in Anthony Simons. They've tried the shootout route. They've tried that before. That's not going to get them where they want to go. Well, let me let me ask you this question, though, cause, and, and, and it's kind of similar to what, what Trey just asked there, but I agree with you that Josh Hart's a better, a better fit next to those two guys. But how how is Dame Lillard and Zach Levine different than Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum? Zach Levine's athleticism allows him to put pressure on the rim in ways C.J. can't. Okay. And I think that that play style alone creates open lanes, especially shooting-wise for Portland, in ways that I don't think having Dame and C.J works i think that those two guys are so iso heavy and perimeter players Mm. that having a guy like zach is almost a breath of fresh air out this sense he is a guy who excels on catch and shoot excels as a cutter excels as a driver and his best trait somehow even in the midst of all of that is just his ability to put pressure on the rim itself so right. I think that alone, this just that ability by itself actually gives him more upside for a Trailblazers team next to Dame than when they had CJ. I think that by itself probably is enough. Do you agree with that, Trey? Is that accurate, you think? Oh, yeah, he definitely, in terms of his, the where he sucks in the defense with his scoring gravity, the way Zach is able to force defenses to collapse is just, it's much more significant. It's just deeper than it is from a column. So... I guess for me, I view 
I'm looking at it through a GM lens. I think Simons is he's not Jordan Poole, but he's in that same kind of tier in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, microwave type mm-hmm. guys. I think Simons is just playing on a, you know, if Simons and Poole switched places, I think Simons is able to do 85% of what Poole can do playing mm-hmm. around Curry playing with Draymond, you know, running in that system. I think that system does wonders for everyone involved, not named Steph Curry. So for me, I I just view Simon's value as higher. I think if you, the Bulls are getting the number seven pick, I think Portland views it as, well, we can trade yeah. Josh Hart here. And if we want to move Simon's in a separate deal for someone else, I think they're going to get more value out of, out of, out of him there. Then yeah. put packaging him here. Then say if you were to trade Josh Hart by yeah. himself, I think you're getting significantly more value if you trade Simons. That's that's possible, and that's that's good logic. I like that. Um, I've got one more here, and I think Trey, you've got one more also, and it's yeah. gonna be your favorite one, right? Okay, so I've got one more here for you guys before we let you do that. Uh, I've got the Bulls, and this is a wild card team, the Grizzlies. Uh, so the Grizzlies get Zach Levine, push them over the edge. Obviously, they uh, went deep in the playoffs. Very exciting team. The Bulls get back Desmond Bain, and Stephen Adams, and a first round pick, a future first round pick. What do you guys think about that one? Steven yeah. Adams is young. Or, He's like yeah, 28 Trey. still. So I'll let you. I'll try, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't. I don't hate it. I love Bain. I think he's, you know, a guy who can play on a title contender. I think Adams, the way he sets screens, I think he's good. But to me, that's that is a wild card one. Like you said, that is wild yeah. for a reason. Kind of coming out of left field, but I could, uh, you know, I could see the Grizzlies being involved in some trade talks, trying to, again, get people, you know, get the Grizzlies. They think they might be on the cusp of something special, so just trying to get them over that edge. Jalen, am I just completely out of left field in this one, or uh, is this something you could maybe see happening? No, left field isn't the way to describe it, because I feel as though the if you listen to media, and I think this would be one of those trades that's like, oh, Memphis is kind of listening to the newspaper a little bit, right? They're listening to the talk sites, the talk shows a little bit in terms of this idea that their timeline has been sped up, Mm -hmm. um, right? With the way they've played, they've progressively moved further and further along as an organization in the last three seasons. A lot of people thought that after the grit and grind era, it was going to take a lot longer for them to kind of rekindle that flame. And instead, you could argue they've probably been a lot better since um, in terms of where their trajectory is. I think the only thing that makes it a bit odd of a trade is because I just think Memphis values Desmond Bain too much. And his leap from (laughs) year one to year two as a ball handler specifically, because the shooting was there, the Mm -hmm. defense was there. And I think that the biggest thing, and we saw this kind of a sprinkle in summer league coming into this year, and people kind of wonder, like, wait, is that real or is he just kind of hooping? Because it's like, you know, because he's just out amongst guys that are not on his level. but. He showed throughout the season that his ball handling ability is taking maybe not leaps and bounds, but he's significantly getting better already. And I think that that shows something moving forward they would want to hang on to. And I wonder if trading for trading him is kind of giving up on that concept that he can't get even better from what we saw the jump is. And I think if Desmond Bain can take even a small incremental leap from where what he did this season, he's not better than Zach Levine. Let's not do right. this. But I'm saying in the landscape of what he provides for for Memphis, 
he is a better fit for that team, especially because he's still under rookie contract control, mm. at least for the yeah. next season or two. And that goes a long way for them as well in terms of them building towards something. Now, the funny thing about this trade, though, is, like I said at the beginning, it falls into that hype that – um. so I used to bring this up to my friends a lot when we would talk about John Morant and his – um people's affinity with a similar like like comparing him to Derrick Rose right and the idea mm -hmm. is Derrick Rose was an MVP year three mm -hmm. John Morant was in that conversation in this sure. third season of his yeah. and we saw what pres presided to happen a season or two later in terms of Derrick Rose due to his play style which John Morant is very similar yeah. mm -hmm. so by using him as a a pillar of, or as an example, so to speak, talking about Derrick Rose and comparing him to John Morant, many say that maybe the Memphis Grizzlies should speed it up because they need yeah. to maximize this window considering the way John plays and the guys that have come before him that played the same way. The The yeah. thing about that is, though, I don't think they, they feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that as long as they are straying away from that I'm, maybe not consensus feeling amongst like the I media, mean, that that growing feeling amongst the media that they need to move closer to win now. I think they're gonna stay their course. They're not OKC, but there's something beyond that in terms of the talent already being in place. Go ahead, in, ter in terms of the injury thing, we all watched a lot of Derrick Rose. So like when mm -hmm. the the NBA evolved from where you know you could you had your two step gather, but Derrick Rose in his MVP year and his rookie year, it wasn't you didn't do like the Euro step as much. It was the jump stop. And mm. so for Derrick Rose, it was a lot of, he was so fast and he moved so quick and then he would have to stop suddenly. It was a lot of stopping, start, you know, going sideways. And that's a lot harder on your knees than the Euro step, than stepping past someone and then, you know, taking a layup or, or jumping like Ja does. I think that there's similar players in terms of explosiveness, but I think because yeah. of the way the game is called today, I think that it, it's a little bit easier on Jaws' knees just because he doesn't have to he doesn't have to do the same kind of jump stop that Derek did. I, well, I, think, I think from a self-inflicted standpoint, I think you're correct in terms of it being self-inflicted. But he's still a high collision player, and if you yeah. talk about his high as a high collision player, tell me has the transition and play style helped? John Morant specifically from an injury standpoint, right? Oh, there no, was I the, agree, there was I agree earlier in the season he missed significant time. He missed time during the postseason yeah, he due got, to yeah. injury. He was beat so, up. He was beat yeah, up. he's still a high collision um athlete in terms of the point guard position, and that I, alone, I think, still in its I, own way, is yeah. kind of detrimental too. I, I think of yeah, him like Joel Embiid in terms of injury variance risk. Like he, I think he, I think mm -hmm. when he's a top okay. star, if you get sixty games out of him in a season. You're you're happy with it if he can go into the playoffs healthy. Yeah. Okay. Trey, give us your last one, man. Let's see. Let's get your uh, your best All right. one, favorite. Jalen, you gotta listen. You're gonna love this one. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, 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 I'm buckled up. All right. We talked earlier about Zach and free agency and all this, right? Who was the team that he signed with? Who was the team that when no other team wanted Zach Levine wanted Zach Levine? Sacramento the Sacramento Kings. Kings. Oh, bro. You want to be the okay. number one guy? You want to be. <laughs> he would be. They've All loved right. him before. Yeah. So for me. He's a California boy. So. Zach, if, you know, he's, he's from California. If that's really what he wants, and Zach's like, look, I want to do the sign and trade, but I want to be my dude. I want to be the guy. To me, 
you've got Holmes, you've got Davion Mitchell, and you've got the number four pick. There's rumors the Kings are looking to shop that number four pick for a win-now star anyways. They want to break this 16-year playoff yeah. drought streak. You've got Fox, you've got Levine, you've still got Sabonis, you've still got Harrison Barnes. Um, Holmes and Sabonis, they didn't really play together, so Holmes is already kind of a sunk cost for them. And at four, you can get Ivy, who I think I think Ivy has the potential to be a star in the league. And mm-hmm. that immediately resets the timeline. But DeMar can still mentor the kid. I would still keep DeMar around. I'd keep Vooch around. I think he would play well next to them. So to me, it's my favorite one. It's if Zach really decides he's leaving and he wants to go somewhere, maybe Sacramento. I, any, Holmes, any of the Mitchell's number four pick. Can you get a better package than that? No, I I think it's a great package, and, and and you have the potential of you know one of the top three teams just kind of overthinking it, and all of a sudden now you've got you know someone else that, that's even better and uh, has start that star potential. So I like it, man. I think that with that trade, obviously you're leaning hard into you know if the Bulls have to trade Zach Levine, it is a scenario where we're rebuilding, we're getting uh, accumulating assets, getting younger. I do like Davion Mitchell. I like I love off night a lot just because of you know me. I love the defensive side of basketball. I love watching this kid play defense. He's got some dog in him as they say um but you know it, it, i think that is a really great trade uh for the bulls if they do lean that way go ahead Jalen. what are you what are your thoughts man so i think i like that trade a lot more so because the fourth pick is involved in the team you're trading with and i, I hate to like rag on the kings for a sec but we kind of have to do this in terms of enable i mean to get that's to the why i mentioned the the playoff drought the 16 years mm-hmm. like it is the sacramento right. Kings. like There's there a- is a lot of pressure on them but I'll, I'll take it a step further. Let's just talk about this draft in general. If you're the Kings, the last place you wanted to be was fourth, right? And you, when you talk about their situation. I mean, I think they're happy to the, move up. But, yeah, of like course. You, you would have much rather ha- moved up to one of those top three guys. Like Houston, yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah, so that's my thing. I think if you talk about just how the ping pong balls fell, fourth puts them. Most people are pegging Ivy there, right? I think that they could get cute and go for Shaden Sharp, who has the potential to be a small ball three in a lineup with them. But I think that at the end of the day, a lot of people are pegging Jaden Ivy there. And we just saw them do King's crap by trading Tyrese Halliburton because yeah. the guard the guard spot was too ju- too jambled, right? <sighs> so them, dra- dra- them drafting a guy like Jaden Ivy feels like a shot in the foot. Because they just drafted uh, Davion Mitchell. They got rid of Tyrese Mitchell. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, excuse me, for the very reason of everything being crouchy. So being stuck having to draft Jay Nivey, I like his upside, just like Trey said. I think he's got really, really good potential moving forward at the guard position. But I don't think that Honestly, you could even talk me into including the the 18th pick. Mm. Now, I wouldn't do that. That I wouldn't do. That I would not do because, now, like if, because if Zach everybody... decides he's leaving, if Zach decides he's leaving, I would much rather be able to have the number four pick and then some, you know, something else, than settle for settle for a Kong Wu in sixteen. It feels like that's a crap part do, number though, seven before before AK. That's that feels like the crap we would do. It's like oh, we got this decent but, trade, but I didn't. I didn't that because that's I don't think yeah. I didn't include that because I don't no. think the Bulls would have no, to. But I like no, that's that's what I'm saying. I think that that is. Backs against the wall. There, Zach has put out his statements, right? Exactly. And we need to make a play. But I think like, under the, something, yeah, right. yeah. I think under the current circumstances where we don't feel as though there's too much pressure, we still got the 60 million hanging over to kind of help us out, and we're just in a circumstance where we're like, and we fear he might dip. 
So we're being uh, we're we're trying to be proactive. I think we can get four without getting rid of 18. I think four puts it in an interesting spot because Trey, I look, Jay Ivy, I like him. I like Shaden Sharp there. I don't hate that. Um, I think going back to when we talked about the Portland trade, we didn't really talk about the seventh pick, but I think Dyson Daniels at seven, I'm cool with that. If we're going into hard reset mode, I'm not mad at Dyson Daniels. I'm not mad at giant Jaden Ivy. I'm not mad, mad at Shaden Sharp. Honestly, we're in a really good spot. We fall into one of those, those draft picks. I just think that the Kings, the Kings are an interesting one because we're so used to them getting fleeced and somehow this is fair. Like, do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, they, like this is one of those trades where the Kings really shouldn't have the fourth pick. Like, they really, they, they, the way I phrase it is, I don't, I think that it's good they got the fourth pick. I don't think they should be the ones using it. My way of mm-hmm. saying, I think they should be trading out of it, whether it's moving up or moving mm-hmm. down to acquire more assets. I think that it's good that the Kings have it as a trade asset, but I don't think the Kings should be the ones making the pick on trade night, on, on draft yeah. night, excuse me. So I think that the fact that if, if we feel that way, I'm sure they have to sort of have that in the back of their minds considering their current roster situation. And the fact that we can kind of pick on that and we have this guy who we already know they've had an affinity for, that actually works out in a way where both teams get what they want and it's not the worst thing in the world, which is weird for you. I knew you were going to like it. I knew. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so glad. So it's we all, good, we all right? Like it's a, it's a, like, it's a, like, 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 <laughs> obviously, it's not ideal, but... Yeah. You know, worst case scenario, Zach says he wants out. Mm. You know, you can do a lot worse. Because, again, Holmes, I think, is a serviceable backup big. He's a big body we can throw out there. Off night, Mitchell. If he's playing beside Io, Caruso, a healthy Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams, uh, you know, that's just – that defense is going to eat people alive. And the number four pick. um, I also liked the Josh Hart number seven one or, you you know, whichever. But – the Kings one is just that's it for me. But in terms of realistic teams, he might go to. I still think the number seven pick is is mm. the gem for Zach. Mm. If if we're looking at teams he's been linked to, right. and assets we want the Bulls to get in return for Zach, I think the gem is the number seven pick from Portland. I agree. Well, gentlemen, that was fantastic. I think we had a really good conversation about that. At the end of the day, I think we can all agree. We want to see Zach Levine back in the Chicago Bulls uniform. I want to see this long term. I want to see this thing play out. I want to see the Bulls do well. I want to see them at least win a first round series for the love of goodness. Um, but man, it's it's a uh, there are some good packages out there. If it does happen, we won't be left, you know, being absolutely devastated. So it's good to know that. But guys, that's gonna do it for us, guys. We are the Chicago Bulls Sports Ethos coverage team. I am Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBP Keith. And Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. And Jalen, man, where can people find you and your work? Yeah, man. So Bball Genius underscore one on Twitter. Might end up having a little bit of a brand change soon. So uh watch out. It might be the knockdown Jay in another week, but uh that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um most most of my work is actually on Instagram, basketball genius one. Again, that might be the knockdown Jay too. So I would keep that in mind. And um, yeah, man, it was fun talking to you guys about the Chicago Bulls. If there's one team that you can throw me on a podcast blind, say you don't even need to prep. Just just come on and let's record. It's the Bulls. So I was more than excited to hop on here to talk some basketball with you guys. Thank you, man. Hopefully we have you back, man. We go all season and uh, he is So anyways, that's going to be it for us, guys. Until next time.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.